Warning, this podcast discusses topics of a sexual nature. Listener discretion is advised. Also warning, this show contains spoilers. surveyors where we discuss basic gratuity to triple x and everything in between i'm the sir and i'm the madame and today we will be discussing film collaborations between jess franco and the stunningly beautiful immensely talented and gone sadly way too soon actress soledad miranda it's also worth mentioning that paul Mueller is in these three films we will be discussing today as well but he is in many Jess Franco films, kicking butt, and will be discussed in this episode as well as future episodes. Right, right. He uh, he seems to only remember being in eight films. However, I counted somewhere between 15 and 20 total Jess Franco films that he appeared in. So, you know, it, Jess was notorious for filming movies and, and not telling the actors that he was filming a second film at the same time. So, who knows? Uh, he he liked to uh, copy and paste and re-edit stuff, so he could have filmed one movie and it could have wound up being five. Who knows? Right. We love Jess in that regard. Uh, let's get back to Soledad Miranda, who sadly didn't even get to enjoy her success as this gorgeous, campy... Femme fatale, I guess you could say. <laughs> right, right. She, uh, She's one of the tragic members of the 27 Club. Dead at 27, in a car accident, on her way to sign the contract that was going to make her an international star. She was Jess Franco's muse. He was madly in love with her, but not in a romantic sense, more like a paternal sense. And you can see that in the way he films her. His later films with Lena Romay, you can you can actually watch him falling in love with her and becoming like aroused by her. But you don't see that here. You see a very warm protectiveness over Soledad, and and he really loved her beauty and appreciated her and her innocence, and he appreciated her willingness to do whatever he wanted, which was. An incredible quality about her, and, and you don't see it in a lot of people because she played, again, these femme fatale characters, and she did it such a good job. However, she has these fabulous doe eyes that just convey an innocence, so you're never not on her side, <laughs> even when she's murdering people. <laughs> Right, right. I mean, even even this film, the first film we're talking about, is Eugenie Desaad. And uh, he just has some of her most absolute iconic poses in this film. The way she, she just sits in a chair and looks at you 
like she's looking into your soul. Um, I, I guess she's supposed to be playing a young, innocent girl corrupted by her stepfather. Um, Played by Paul Muller. Yes, right. <laughs> Paul Muller is doing an excellent job here, just being evil, but not really doing any of the crimes more persuading his stepdaughter Eugenie to do it for him. Right, this was based off of a Marquis de Sade novel or story or something like that. Something the Marquis de Sade wrote. Jess Franco loves yes. the Marquis de Sade. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I have not read any Marquis de Sade. Uh, I meant to and never got around to it. Same. So this movie was shot the beginning, well, the end of January, actually, the beginning of 1970. So from January 21st to February 12, 1970, they shot this film in Berlin and Paris. Soledad Miranda went under the name of Susan Corda and continued to do that for these movies. It was the producer, Arthur Brauner, who wanted a, a not-Spanish-sounding name for the lead actress, so they went this with a Hungarian-sounding name. And... Interestingly enough, she was a flamingo dancer, so that factored in as well. Stunning, and I love flamingo dancing. We were lucky enough to see some special features on this disc. Right. Um, and see some clips of her uh, doing flamingo dancing before she got truly famous, and uh, she was quite good at it and pretty incredible. Pretty incredible dancing. She kept her family afloat and supported them when she was a child with her flamenco dancing. So it, it's unfortunate that um, the thing that was eventually going to make her a big deal and financially secure is what ultimately um, it took her life. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it just, there is nothing good about that. Um, it, it's just a tragic story. You know, uh, she's right there in the ranks of Jane Mansfield with, with that sort of tragedy. I mean, I, I I believe if she had been more known in the U.S., her death may have had that much of an impact. Yeah, uh, it's really it's really unfortunate that I believe these movies were released after after she had already died, so you right. would get to see see them in the past tense, and um, and that is pretty that's pretty awful because. Uh, yeah. She would have, she would have been an enormous star, uh, and, and you see that especially here, Eugenie Desaad. Um, it's the way, the way she does everything, the way she conveys innocence, her, the way she stares at you like she's hypnotizing you, the way she charms lovers, ultimately to their deaths. Um, absolutely, absolutely stunning. Right, he focuses on her to bring out her beauty. He really does, he really does. So, so you, you, you kind of, even, even me, a, a straightish gal, it kind of, uh, falls in love with her a little bit. You can't help it. You really can't. Right, right. Well, for clarification, for the purposes of this episode, we watched the Blue Underground DVD, which is the 1984 Eurocine re-release called Eugenia, and we watched that in English. 
So that, of course, factors into the things that, that we observe in the film. Absolutely, absolutely. So, because obviously different translations, even different um, different shots will completely change. Right, the meaning of scenes changes. Uh, I've noticed this in, in several other movies. The, the intention of the scene can completely change depending on what language and the way that the dubbing actor decided to deliver the role. And on that note, and this is one thing I wanted to talk about, but this is a perfect place to, to bring it up with this movie especially, is the difference, I think, between smut and sleaze. So a lot of people like to refer to Jess Franco as the king of sleaze. I don't find his movie sleazy. Bravo. I really do not find his movie sleazy at all. Even when Lena's doing hardcore triple X porno, it's still not sleazy to me. <laughs> it, because everybody is there as a willing participant and nobody's doing anything against their will. It only becomes sleazy when people are forced to do things against their will. Last Tango in Paris, to me, is a sleazy film absolutely, for that reason. Absolutely, absolutely. And we, this will be the extent to which we discuss that movie. Right. You could take your own opinions on the art of it, as you will, but somebody like Lena Romay, for example, and I'll stay, we'll stay we will be discussing her more in the future. She she's kind of a hero to us, you know. She was here for she was here for a good time, not a long time, and yeah. she and Jess loved each other, and their relationship was theirs and very special, and uh, they uh, lived their life with joy. Yes, and that's what everybody here in these movies seems to convey joy. It's a almost. It's almost a joy that I don't, I, I, I fear isn't experienced anymore, um, but it's nice to remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, as we said, this movie stars Soledad Miranda under the name of Susan Corda, Paul Muller. And Jess Franco. Yes, Jess is also in this, as well as Alice Arno. Yeah. Uh, Alice is one of Jess's, he's one of Franco's girls. There, there are several women who appeared in Jess Franco's movies through the 70s, and they were collectively known as Franco's Girls. Yes. And we'll be talking about all of them eventually. They're just lovely ladies. Yes, we adore Alice Arno, and we adore Jess Franco and his dedication and loyalty to the people who worked with him. Right, right. Uh, and that brings up an interesting point here. Because this is the first film he made after he split with English producer Harry Allen Towers. Uh, they had done a string of very successful films. Let's see, Blood of Fu Manchu, oh, yeah. The Bloody Judge. So he also did The Girl from Rio. And the final film together was The Count Dracula, film with Christopher Lee. It was Soledad Miranda's first appearance with Jess. Uh, actually, it wasn't her first appearance. Let me correct that. Her first appearance was his second film, uh, La Reina del Tarabin, or something like that. It's a 1960, musical. I believe? Yeah, it was, it was his second film that he took it over from somebody else who the production was falling apart, so they gave it to him, and he saved the film. Uh, she has about two seconds in the film, but he, I guess she made an impression on him. Ten years later, he encountered her again on Count Dracula, and that's when he really realized the talent that he had before him, the beauty and the talent that he had before him, and he wanted to nurture that and grow it and and blossom her into this this beautiful, 
yeah. megastar. And it was a raw talent. She did not have acting lessons. She was not a trained and right. anything except dancer. Um, he, he just he saw her face. He saw her willingness to learn and work, and that was that was it. Well, he said that that she was she didn't know anything about the world. She was very ignorant of the world, but she was extremely intuitive. And I think that that, more than anything, you know, you can be ignorant of, of facts and whatnot. That ends up being trivia in the end. But if you can figure things out real quickly like that, pick things up, that's where you're going to be successful. Absolutely. So Eugene saw it. It's a great, great movie. Music with Bruno Nikolai. Um, great character. <laughs> just playing a character named Attila Tanner, which is just a great name. <laughs> yes, and it's, it's his... Whoever they got to dub his voice in this film is completely off. <laughs> it's just am- completely off. It's amazing. Yeah, he's, he has this this deep baritone, and he, he's playing this sleazy journalist who's kind of blackmailing them. Uh, but yeah, they gave him this voice <laughs> that just does not match at all. But they also have this shot at the beginning of him directing a scene with Soledad Palmer, and I want to say... Well, he's reviewing footage. Is, is that what it is? Yeah, he's okay. reviewing the footage that they shot while they're frolicking. I, it's just it. a it's just a really interesting beginning of the movie. Oh, uh, see, we we tend to keep the movies on in the background while we're discussing them for the purpose of the podcast. And right now, Soledad's in the bath, and um, you know her stepdad comes in to. And he tells her off and, and has this great, at least in the English version, uh, I love to see you like this naked. Your body is just like your mother's, which is just like... <laughs> I mean, well, the, to explain, he's been raising her since she was a little girl. Her mother died a few days after she was born, but it, that still doesn't make it... Uh, maybe that makes it more icky or less icky. It's icky. <laughs> well, the, I think it's an interesting point to bring up that Jess wanted the original story to be a father and daughter, not stepfather, but because of the cons- moral constraints of the time, he had to make Paul Muller's character a stepfather. Oh, well, <laughs> thank goodness for <laughs> the constraints of the time, I I suppose. Uh, you know what, no, if it was still like probably a dad and daughter and it was shot by... If it was shot by Jess, we'd still be discussing this movie. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> hey, he ended up doing stuff like that later on anyway. It's just that at that point in 1970, he couldn't do it. He could do it in 1975. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite things about a Jess Franco movie is occurring right now. Yes. And that is... Um, Je- my favorite things about Jess Franco films is you're always going to get a show, a cabaret show at a bar... With a lot of intellectuals smoking and drinking and watching some sort of striptease or full-on sex act of some sort. And everybody's just sitting there. Oh, that's really interesting. Like, there's a, a woman stripping right now. And it's just uh, it's just the stepdaughter and stepfather just, yeah, why not watch? Why not go out and drink beer out of a boot? with your dad and yeah. watch a woman take her clothes off. It's a Jess Franco film. <laughs> Sounds like wholesome entertainment to me. Hey. 
Okay, so one of the things that uh, they do in this movie is they go to some sort of pay model, new mo- nude models? Yeah, they, well, it's it's like they go to a, I think it's a brothel or something, and but they go under the guise of photographing this model who was played by Alice Arno. Yay! Hi, and, Alice Arno. You're gorgeous. Yes, and she strips for them, and they take pictures, and then they have their way with her and kill her. They have their way with her and kill her, and I love Soledad's outfit in this. Clashing reds, though. We don't like clashing reds. Um... But I, I'm willing to forgive her because she's gorgeous and dead. So, um, they start painting this. I, I actually love this scene with Alice Arno because she is gorgeous. Um, and for the photography purposes, they ask her to paint blood on herself. And I just kind of, I just kind of love it. And she paints a little bit. And that is the extent of blood that Jess Franco uses for his films. It's just like a little brush of it. To indicate somebody died. Yes, Jess was not a gore guy. (laughs) I mean, you want to talk about basic gratuity to triple X and everything in between. Well, that is Jess Franco. Yes. uh, We do love that about him. He is a favorite here. R.A.P. buddy. (laughs) So, um, yeah, they start slaughtering or the stepfather played by Paul Miller, convinces Eugenie to kill people for his sexual satisfaction. It really gets him going, so... And it gets her going as well, so... Oh, fine family fun. Well, they they murder their victims and then get off on the bodies, so... Yeah, it's just all kinds of necrophilia and incest and lots of fun stuff. Really good fodder for Pasolini, you know. Thanks, Marquis, and thanks, <laughs> Jess Franco. We love this film. But ultimately, ultimately, it moves on to Eugenie starts to grow up. Yes, yes. And she meets a musician played by Andrea Monchal. And she just is... Growing up right. and... Learning more about what she likes, but on a, on a comedic note, I mean, the dubbing for this actor is hilarious. He just sounds like a cranky boy. Oh, you don't like me? Well, to hell with you then. <laughs> Which is, it, it's objectively amazing. Oh, just, yeah. Um, and, and adds like this hilarious camp to these movies that I love. Her, her stepdaddy is not too thrilled about that. Um, He killed... She finds out he killed her mother, uh, or rather, yeah, she finds out he killed her mother for cheating on him. Um, But he was not going to kill her until she gave birth to her, to her daughter, because he wanted to raise Eugenia. And this is one of several films... That just made with the Eugenie name. Oh yeah, and uh, one of many based on the Marquis de Sade. Yes, yeah. uh, he this, was a big fan. This was a recurring theme for him. Absolutely. So, uh, and ultimately, their frolicking relationship and their the the backhandedness and the 
all the lies and deceit, it catches up with them and leads to their own demise. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, no one just typically didn't have happy endings to his films. No. Um, and this is certainly an example of that. No one winds up happy. Yeah. Except for maybe Jess's character of the sleazy journalist. Well, he got a good story, I suppose, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, I guess Jess survived uh, this movie. Uh, Paul Muller's character killed himself after mm. killing Eugene. Well, attempting to kill Eugenia and killing her boyfriend. Right, that she fell in love with. She she stays alive long enough to tell Patilla Tanner, played by Jess Franco, the story of how everything came to pass, and then she dies in the hospital from the scratches on her face with the painted blood that looks like <laughs> Alice Harno. It's amazing. This movie's just amazing. This is one of his most low-budget films, but I, I think it's one of his best, honestly. This is one I can just watch over and over again. Oh. All three of these Soledad Miranda films are, are so watchable and so fun. And, oh, there's this great comedy actor. It's supposed to be a comedy act. It, it's played by Carl Heinz Mansion, the producer. <laughs> that a, yeah, that's who Well, that they clearly did not get a comedian to dub. <laughs> uh, they basically have them go, and everybody in the crowd is laughing, so... Yeah. It's a great movie. This is a great movie. Right. And it, it wasn't released until 1973 originally. And then the, the Eurocine version that we're watching now uh, was released in the early 80s and, well, mid 80s, 84. Isn't that something? Yeah. So now, like, that's 14 years mm -hmm. after Soledad Miranda passed away. And, uh, you know, um, so she didn't even get to see any of this. I. I it still baffles me and makes me very sad. Right, she didn't see anything but the rushes. And unfortunately, she didn't. That the next film, which made her just epic, it, it's probably just Franco's most famous film, the one that everybody talks about. Right, right. Vampiros Lesbos. Vampiros Lesbos, and that's what we will be discussing next. <laughs> And we are now discussing the second film, Vampiros Lesbos. Yeah, so, so in an uncharacteristic move, Jess actually had about two months off here. So they finished filming Eugenie de Sade, February 12, 1970, and Vampiros Lesbos began shooting April 27th, and it sh they shot until June 4th. And this was shot in Istanbul, Barcelona, and Alicante, Spain. Uh, it's starring Soledad Miranda, Susan, as, as, under the name of Susan, let me try this again. Starring Soledad Miranda, under the name of Susan Corda again, again, Paul Muller. She, they're joined by Ava Stromberg, she was a Swedish actress that appeared in several Jess Franco movies. Benny Cardoso, who also appeared in several Jess Franco movies, most notably Barbed Wire Dolls, she plays the quote-unquote special one. Oh, yes, that's <laughs> right. She is amazing. Dennis Price is in this, and Dennis Price was an actor from Hammer Films that they put in this, again, to give legitimacy the way you would put Christopher Lee in. 
and Jess plays uh, sort of the Renfield type. Right. Well, actually, no. Danny Cardoso plays the Renfield type, but he's the husband, and he becomes kind of a Renfield type. It's it's a little murky there. Directed by Jess, of course. Produced by Arthur Browner, Carl Heinz Mansion. The music is by Manfred Hübler and Siggy Schwab. It is one of the most amazing soundtracks you will ever hear. According to Jess, they came to him and offered to do the music. He said, okay. He didn't hear anything from them until they turned in the finished product, and he thought it was just absolutely fantastic. And it is. It is available on the streaming services. Just look for Vampiros Lesbos anywhere you stream music and listen to that album. It's fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as is this movie, which starts off with, like, just the first shot after this boat, you know, we love Jess and his shots of boats and water and rocks and flowers in the sky. Um, that man padded films like a motherfucker. <laughs> he sure did. Um, but this first shot of Soledad just looking at the camera with her arms outstretched, seducing the camera in this black and red number uh she is gorgeous in this as as basically playing a descendant of dracula um and and this film follows that uh pretty well basically instead of count dracula you have her and you have uh, a female jonathan harker type you know played by a woman um ava stromberg Ava Stromberg, yes, the stunningly beautiful Ava Stromberg, who uh, will uh, be discussed in the third movie as well. Uh, so she makes two appearances. Again, Jess was a loyal. He loved to uh, work with people more than once, so she she's also in this twice and uh, playing a Jonathan Harker type who... Uh, is seduced right it's interesting because two films ago just shot count dracula the harry allen powers production and now he takes it and he turns that whole story on its head and he makes it very female centric and puts all this female energy into it and just sort of makes this psychedelic dreamy venus and furs necronomicon type of of thing with it just makes it it's surreal and it's it's not really of of any type of terrestrial plane that we know which is what makes them in many ways so beautiful and fascinating and especially in this turkish landscape that's so <laughs> right shooting in istanbul it's just it's so alien yeah but gorgeous yes. i want to be there i want to be there right now um but also and also the way they retell these stories is very interesting so you have in dracula jonathan harker meeting the count for the first time and it's very tense when um ava stronberg meets soledad's character they go skinny dipping People meet in different ways. The story gets retold, but 
we here at the Smut Surveyors love a retelling of a good story, so... Right, Franco's vampires don't follow traditional rules at all. They they go out in the sun and everything. But it, it's it's interesting because his vampires almost seem to be more metaphorical, I think. They're... they're there are analogies for, for emotions and, and thoughts. They're not supposed to be real vampires that hold to these strict rules that people have set forth in, in lore. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, they can seduce you, walk around, be exactly like you in every way. Uh, there's They just have a little extra special something that... Uh, Makes them them that is not so obvious, like shining like diamonds in the sun. <laughs> um, and uh, but you know you have this ridiculously stunning Soledad Miranda, um, and she sedu she does seduce her eventually. Linda, Ava Stromberg's Linda. Uh, and eventually to the point where she does bite her, so there is there is the uh, biting, no big vampire teeth, it's all very sexual and um, psychedelic with that incredible soundtrack. Right, uh, he kind of more consciously blended Stoker's Dracula with Sheridan Le Fanu's Carmilla. And Carmilla is sort of the... the Godmother of lesbian vampire stories. <laughs> yes. So he in, infusing these two works together, he he creates this just magnificent dreamy. Ah, it's it's so hard to describe unless you see it. It's it's surrealism in motion. And. And a lot, what I love a lot about Vampiros Lesbos is a lot of the coloring feels very Argento before Argento was doing these Argento color yes. shots, you know, very old school Italian gothic, which I, I just, I really love. Yes, very much so. And the, uh, there's a story that the Countess tells about how Dracula changed her. Uh, yeah, it's really intense. Saves her from um, being attacked by yeah. a man, which is what made her a vampiro's lesbos. <laughs> <laughs> she is a uh, she prefers the ladies. Uh, but and thank you, thank you, Dracula, for saving her. For her to realize, you know what, man, not for me. Like the ladies, which I. I understand. Well, as with any Jess Franco movie, this is deceptively complex because if you just look at it on the surface, it seems like a very simple story. It does, absolutely. And it seems like there really isn't much going on and a whole, maybe not a whole lot of thought went into it. But when you really look at the film closely and, and analyze it, pick it apart, there's there's so much going on underneath the surface. It's, it's a fantastic work. You can understand why this is probably his best-known film. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is, um, da the dancing shots, the perform the performance, Solid Soledad is, 
is everything in this. Um, she's innocent yet vampy. She's a little girl and she's maleficent. She's everything in this. Uh, it's understandable why it's such a pivotal role for her and such a big movie for him. Right. And this was shot concurrently with the next film, She Killed an Ecstasy. Oh, I cannot wait to discuss that one. More on that after a break. And we're back. Uh, one thing I want to point out is that for this film, Vampiros Lesbos and She Killed in Ecstasy, which we're going to talk about right now, we watched the Severin Blu-rays. They were subtitled. It's the original German soundtrack with subtitles. Yes, and this one is our personal favorite. Out of the three films we've discussed, this is She Killed in Ecstasy, a fantastic revenge film. Yes, and it's interesting that uh, this trilogy of the first three films that Jess made after separating from Harry Allen Towers really set the stage or the blueprint for everything he did through the rest of his career. So you start with Eugenie de Sade, which is his obsession with Marquis de Sade. Then you have his psychedelic vampires in Vampiros Lesbos. And now this is more of a, a, a general overall sex film. He's really exploring these three themes in these first three films. So here we're starring Soledad Miranda, under the name of Susan Corda again. Again, Paul Muller. Howard Vernon comes into this one. Hey, Howard Vernon, another as... regular in just Franco's films that we'd love to see. Yes, Howard Vernon's always a treat. Uh, Ava Stromberg comes back. Hi, Ava! And Horst Tapper also appears in the film, as well as Just Franco in a smaller role. And Carl Heinz Mansion again comes back. Just Franco, of course, directed. It's <clears throat> produced by Arthur Browner, Arturo Marcos, and Carl Heinz Mansion. The music was also by Hubler and Schwab. This was shot in Spain during the same dates as Vampiros Lesbos. So he was shooting these two films concurrently. And it concerns a doctor working with stem cells to save lives, but he comes up against a conservative medical board that ruins him. In 1970, they were discussing this yes, in I, Europe. It shows how progressive Jess was, I think. I, I, that's, this is one of the reasons this is one of my favorite Jess Franco movies. These are medical procedures that would be big news 40 years later. And while, while it is this discussed as a general sex film, this film has an incredible plot. It really, it really does. It's ahead of its time. You really feel for Soledad. She really is acting her ass off in this movie. She looks phenomenal. Uh, she starts off wearing this almost necklace slash bra of metallic, almost pre-Theory Mugler number that, God, I wish I could wear. Um, but she, she looks fantastic. The a lot of it's filmed in that phenomenal house in Spain. Um, right, in Alicante. Yes, was it Xanadu, is it called? Yes. Xanadu, which, oh my god, if you see this incredible 
property. It's a big green house that looks like the lunar Earth module that NASA sent to the moon. Yeah, and it's it's off a it's off a cliff, um, a beachy, gorgeous cliff where you could just run down to the beach and and you know enjoy your life forever. Can I just do that? Can we go now and yeah. do this? Thank you. Um, but <laughs> it it is an interesting story because her. A lot of emotion in this one. A, a man is basically driven mad because he wants to improve the world. He thinks that this medical stem, while they don't call it stem cells, it, it is essentially what it is. Uh, stem cell research will help people and is just, he's called a charlatan. Uh, he's basically made to feel like he's a criminal and the worst person in the world and they that not only do they reject his work but they reject him from the medical field as well as his entire life's work they steal it they try to kill him and basically this man who thought he was helping and and this he goes home to this wife who's he's madly in love with and is madly in love with him and uh just descends into madness and it's very sad to see right eventually committing suicide but she is so madly in love with him that she can't let go and she keeps his body around like he's alive and she still makes love to it <laughs> i mean again the, the necrophilia with with jess and um i i do feel like that aspect itself this well this film in general seemed to be a big influence on joe damato's film boyo omega also known as beyond the darkness oh, uh, there's a lot of similarities and i i think damato looked at this film very closely when he made that right um but good i mean and, and soledad you know her de her devastation at, at seeing her her husband fall apart and and going a little mad herself as she's uh, after he kills himself hoping her revenge can bring him back to life so she she goes to pick off those on the medical board one by one played by Ewa Stromberg Paul Muller again hey Jess Franco and Howard Vernon right right and those are, that's the medical panel, which is uh, pretty stacked right there, I, I, I think. Yeah, I don't want to go up against that uh, Legion of Doom. <laughs> Indeed. But there, there are these shots where Soledad is reflecting on her husband's suicide, standing on a boat in the water, and it it's nods to the film he made afterward, which was never completed. It was called Julietta. And eventually, Joe D'Amato took the footage, re-edited it with Shining Sex and another film. I can't remember which one. And oh, he edited the footage together into a film called Justine. Yeah, so at least we have so some of it in some way. Right. Ah, that's where I was going. <laughs> so, Joe D'Amato edited this footage together into this new film, Justine. But I think that the footage that Jess shot really nods to what where he wanted to go with her. It seemed like he wanted to do these brooding films with these dark brooding films with her. And that he was going in this direction to take her really dramatic. Because this film 
I think is Soledad's best acting, and it and it clearly points to where he wanted to take her. And and on a final note, I don't know if we want to go towards this yet, but it ends. The ending foretells her tragic demise as well, and um, and it it's kind of poetically beautiful and sad that at the end of this film, after exacting her revenge on the panel, she has her husband's body in the car and says we will be reunited in death and decides to uh, drive off a cliff. And while that, the driving off the cliff is some of the most hilariously poorly staged car, unbelievable car crash you will probably ever see, it's still sad that uh, this film ends with her crashing her car and dying. Yeah, yeah. It was almost like a Jean Roland's version of Thelma and Louise at the end. Is it, or Daughters of Darkness. Yes, yes. Uh, I don't even want to talk. Yeah. I shouldn't have even brought that up yet. I apologize. <laughs> we will bring that up in the future. Um, I do like the, the touch that Jess put in that whenever Soledad kisses one of her victims, we flash to her kissing her husband. Oh yes, yes. It, it, it keeps with the you. You know what's driving her. He did just did a really good job with this. You always know that even when she's wrapped up in passion with somebody else, he wants us as the viewer to know that her husband is always on her mind, and that is her motivation to exact revenge. She does none of this out of joy. She wants to be with her husband. That's what's important to her. Correct. And the husband is played by Fred Williams, who is a German actor that joined Jess from Count Dracula to, oh boy, here's a French title I can't pronounce, Les Emmerdeuces. Uh, uh, sorry. Well, unlike that pronunciation, he was a very handsome actor, a very, very leading man star quality. And uh, Though curiously, Jess was not happy with him, and he wanted Klaus Kinski for this role. Klaus Kinski, I don't believe, uh, as much as I, <laughs> I love to see a Klaus Kinski film, his character, history, and otherwise, that's up for another discussion, but... Klaus Kinski on, in film I love, but I do not believe that he would have been a believable <laughs> lover of Soledad to inspire all that revenge. Just like, if, if he passed it, okay, now I can get somebody younger and more handsome. <laughs> I, I do want to point out one scene in this film where Paul Wooler is talking, and a fly very brazenly lands right squarely in the middle of his forehead, and he just, he doesn't flinch or anything. I think it's a real testament to his talent. He barely reacts. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and of course, Jess left it in. Of course he yeah. did, because Jess, Jess is brilliant. Right. Yes. And, um, you know, what I love about this movie is... At one point, she is just doing this almost serial killer murder walk. Like, one of her victims, I think it's, it's Paul Muller's character, as a matter of fact. She 
she goes to enact revenge on him and drives him crazy and she is constantly chasing him but he's running away and she is just walking with ease trying to get a light off her cigarette and um <laughs> he is get away from me <laughs> which is a it's kind yes. of amazing it was before um before all those slasher movies that had a similar theme, but she was doing it kind of before all that. So I love her in this. And yet she's still stunning and has those innocent doe eyes, so it's kind of incredible that she's able to pull that level of fear off. Oh yeah, and there are the scenes where she's she's losing her mind and kind of talking to herself and it's just this primal rage coming out of her. You see it in her face and her eyes. And, her, uh, ah. and yet, hot. Crazy yes. <laughs> hot. That's, you know, that's the thing. that She yeah. she pulled off that, oh, goodness, if we could have seen more. Yeah. I would have loved to. Um, you know, she left behind a husband and a child and... Uh, and her family, who were dependent on her. Were depend, yeah, indeed, indeed, and um, and probably a, a legacy that she will never know about, um, a podcast she will never know about, and I'm sure she inspired many books, uh, you know, but uh, a life short but well lived. R.I.P. to Soledad. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a point where she's acting with Jess, and it seems like it was a, an influence on audition. Oh yes, she's she, he's the final victim of hers, right? Or, and uh, there is this amazing kind of tie down torture scene. Uh, she kind of does torture him to death, uh, and she does. She's so so great <laughs> to do that it's uh you know you did, haven't seen a lot of revenge movies like that before she really did this and uh i also want to point out the scene where uh it's when she's with ava stromberg she puts on this wig it's very similar to the wig that lena wore as candy coster yeah but i i do not think it's a candy coster wig it also reminds me of oh goodness uh, Isabella Rossellini in Wild at Heart. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, it's yeah. a great wig like that. Very, uh, you know, Edie Sedgwick kind of mm. vibe, <laughs> which yes. I love. And she also in this movie wears this really odd purple cape that looks like a big knitted sweater that probably no one else could pull off except for her. Uh, you know, go ahead, Soledad. Wear that purple cape. Yeah. Kiss your dead husband. <laughs> We're, as as is always, we have the movie on in the background as we discuss the film. So uh, that's what is going on right now. She is kissing her corpse husband in a purple cape. Yeah. <laughs> so anything else regarding she killed in ecstasy? No, I think that about covers it. Uh, we do have some general housekeeping to talk about. Uh, as always, there's our email address. If you want to reach out to us, let us know what you think. If you have any suggestions of films to talk about, anything at all, send us an email. 
What's the address? The Smut Surveyors at gmail.com. The Smut Surveyors, all one word, at gmail.com. And we also have an Instagram page. Yep. The Smut Surveyors, easy peasy. All one word again. We're on Instagram. Reach out. You can reach out to us there. Follow us there. Whatever. And hopefully you'll notice that the quality of the sound here was a bit better. I'm somebody who learns by tweaking, so there you go. Yeah, this is episode two. Hopefully by episode three we will be even better while we are discussing... Doris Wishman. Yes, three films by Doris Wishman. So, for now, we are the Smut Surveyors. Have fun in bed. See you later. What? The Smut Surveyors is produced in New York City by the Sir and the Madame. Incidental music is by Peter Ayuda. If you want to get in touch, send an email to the Smut Surveyors, all one word, at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.